Welcome everyone to On Podcast, the you know, Microsoft Podcast, where we talk about Microsoft stuff on a podcast. I'm your host today, Kareem Anderson, and I'm joined by the fun one, David Allen. We're back again, folks. We missed you yeah. last week. I had to take a break. Uh, family stuff, nothing bad. It was a vacation that was sorely uh, due. So, but I'm back uh, to regale everyone with more Microsoft information. Thank you guys for taking a week off with me. Uh, we have. A lot to talk about. Uh, we will be covering all manner of things Microsoft for this week that include uh, Adobe finally caving and, and letting Edge kind of take over for a little bit. Uh, we'll be talking about uh, video filters in Teams. We'll be talking about Outlook finally being Outlook beta, I guess the new version of Outlook being available for everybody. Minecraft on Chromebooks, uh, layoffs in the AI uh, ethics division and what that means for Microsoft and what the nuances of all that actually is. And uh, six out of seven companies thinking that Microsoft should get Activision. But we're going to start off uh, with our opening discussion, which is about Microsoft promising new co-pilot products and features, uh, I guess, within Microsoft 365, mostly their Office 365 products. Uh, for those of you who are scratching your head wondering what a co what co-pilot means, uh, it's actually all part of the larger narrative, narrative of Microsoft's uh, being ChatGPT kind of uh, platform. Uh, earlier this week, uh, Microsoft held an event. Uh, it's kind of a digital briefing. Uh, the future of work with AI is what they called it, uh, where they unveiled the Copilot uh, platform, which is the same sort of pilot uh, platform that they use for being ChatGPT uh, for its Microsoft 365 and new products, uh, which they will, I guess, label it under the business chat version. So there will be a search chat, search chat, and a business chat. Um, uh, I think for those of you who don't want to sit through that, I think it was like 45 minute long presentation or whatnot, there is a minute and 45 second trailer, uh, that will show you all of the kind of small new features coming to stuff like Excel, PowerPoint, Word, whatnot. And these are all co-pilot features that will help people create, um, documents, organize PowerPoints, uh, fill in, uh, data points in Excel, whatnot. Um, and this is based on uh, our own writing. What, my, what makes Microsoft 365 compelling for work scenarios is that it's grounded in a business data and informed by Microsoft Graph. Uh, this will be built on Microsoft's comprehensive approach to security, compliance, and privacy. Copilot is integrated into Microsoft 365 and automatically inherits all of your company's valuable security and compliance uh, privacy policies and, two, and also forces two-factor authentication, compliance boundaries, privacy protections, and more. Uh, which you know makes it kind of a platform people to trust. Like we said, uh, in the months ahead, we expect to see things like uh, create a power deck with you know this type of style and these type of graphics and this data points, uh, all kind of be pushed out to uh, various uh, applications within Microsoft 365. What are your thoughts on Microsoft adding this kind of stuff? It's just the next step in the process. You know, as we were talking about off camera. This AI thing has came has hit us hard. It hit us quick. We just ask. We started just a couple months ago, folks. With just asking questions, asking questions, getting answers, and you know, we we thought that was you know just the next thing. And now we're to the point of Microsoft says, look, we've got this thing, and we're going to put it in your workflow. And I think you know this is your daily workflow, your Microsoft Office, your Word, your PowerPoint. 
you know, and I'm sure there'll be something with Outlook for, you know, it'll be here in Teams here in, in, in no time. It's the next thing. It's the next evolution. I think you're going to see workflows get easier. I think you're going to see people get really creative. I know we were talking, you know, we have done some things with uh, OpenAI, the, uh, that, that portion of it, and has done some cool things. So I think the one drawback may be trust. And I think that's something that Microsoft, as they develop this, is going to have to, you know, be careful how they mature it and be careful of what they do with it. That way, when these companies are asking it questions, they can trust the results they're getting each time. That's oh, going to, to be that a big point. deal. To that point, Microsoft says, uh, we know the data leakage is a concern for customers. Copilot uh, LLMs, which is the, the like machine learning model that are based on, are not trained on your tenant data or your prompts. Within your tenant or time-tested permissioning, model uh, ensures that data won't leak across user groups. And on an individual level, Copilot presents only data you can access using the same technology that they've been using for years to secure customer data. Uh, while we've been hearing uh, that the new Teams client is coming soon, as early as this month, along with uh, the long-awaited Microsoft Loop client, Microsoft isn't saying so much about you know uh, when what kind of pricing they're going to have for this kind of stuff, but they have thought about you know data leakage and and kind of to your point trust and security. So uh, they are at least saying the right things out of the front, but we'll see, like you said, in actuality, uh, what it, what ends up happening. And, and that's and one more thing to think about. You mentioned there um, there was a there was a Bing search, and then there was one for business as well. Don't get too thrilled. That's where the money's going to come in, folks. That's where Microsoft is going to say, "Look, there's going to be a, you know, new tier over here of Microsoft 365. If you want these AI features, here's an add-on cost, or here is a new level that you subscribe to. And who knows? They may break it down into three or four levels. This is where that monetization that we have talked about in previous podcasts is going to come from. They're going to start these things. You know, as companies integrate, there's going to be a cost. What are you, what are us as individuals willing to pay for that assistance? And then what are companies willing to pay for that assistance? It's going to get very interesting here, probably before the end of 2023. Yeah, and we, we would be remiss if we didn't mention that uh, two days prior to Microsoft's announcement, Google also uh, pushed out uh, an announcement that they are doing a very similar project uh, with workspaces, I believe. They are uh, integrating their BARD, I believe is what they call their version of this, uh, and their LLMs as well, uh, to kind of, I wouldn't say counteract, but at least match Microsoft uh, as far as feature sets. So uh, for those of you who use Google Workspaces, you will also be seeing uh, AI come in with chat versions and prompts and all similar features uh, as far as like building out uh, data sets or asking you to, you know, have a wholesale rewrite of your resume or creating new slides, I believe is what they call their version of presentations or whatever, or PowerPoint, mm -hmm. uh, having that built out or reworked or whatnot. So uh, again, both companies, I don't believe have set dates on when the general availability will be for both consumer or businesses or pricing to your, to your point. Uh, these aren't going to be just free services for everybody. Ideally for people who have a Microsoft, I mean, an Office 365 subscription, these will just start to roll out as other features have done before. I mean, again, you're still paying for it monthly, but that is hopefully, ideally, uh, the added features that come with it versus saying, 
we're going to raise the price on Office 365, at least in the immediate future. Uh, with all that being said, uh, we can move on. Um, we just will keep that in the review. Uh, it is some really cool, fun things, and I think it is a much bigger gamble for Microsoft than it is to put it in Bing, because this, you know, if this goes wrong, more people are using Office in Microsoft 365 than they are Bing. So uh, this could be their Google Ads version of of a gamble with AI. This is the, you know, like you're saying, this is the make it or break it. And I will give Microsoft a leg up here. We're still waiting to see what Google's going to give us with AI. They they kind of they kind of dropped the ball at their presentation. You know, Google is saying, "Hey, we're going to do this." Well, it's nice to hear this. You know, it, it, it's you know, what are you going to show us? What are you going to give us? And you know, the pressure's there. You know, as Microsoft yep. puts it in these apps, the pressure's there. So let's let's sit back and now, watch and see again, what happens. I'm still a huge Microsoft fan, but to be fair, both their demos, video demos, looked excellent. So as far as uh, the mm -hmm. perception, they both look on par. We'll see what the reality is. Uh, what's our first headline for the week? Let's see, folks. Let me grab some headlines here for you. Let's jump in to uh, get off some of the seriousness of the AI. And uh, I brought this up for a reason, and I will discuss here in just a second. Minecraft is coming to Chromebooks with an early access version. Minecraft finally arrives on Chromebooks yesterday with an early access version that is now live and available in the Google Play Store. This version is available on select Chromebook devices that meet the minimum requirements. You can check those requirements out at the Google Play Store. Right now, there's no timeline for the official launch, but we do know that the trial is out there. And the reason I bring this up, we've kind of got some cross compatibility here. We, we, if you pay attention to tech in general, there has been a rash of Chromebooks, gaming Chromebooks come out lately. You know, Asus has one, I believe. Lenovo has one. And everybody's wondering, what are these gaming Chromebooks for because there's not been any software to, to make use of the Chromebook hardware. So now we're seeing that Minecraft from Microsoft is coming out and saying, look, we've got a game here. It is an actual A-level title. You know, we know how popular Minecraft is and it's going to be on the Chromebooks. I personally have not tried it out. I do have a Chromebook that is compatible. I'll be trying it out this weekend and I'll report back next week just to see what it's like. It's, you know, nice to see intercompatibility here between Chromebook and something that Microsoft is making. Maybe it's a spark for things to come there. Yeah, uh, I'm not a huge Chromebook fan myself, but uh, a win for Chromebooks is a win for PC manufacturers in general, specifically those who are working on Windows and ARM's devices. So. Uh, for those of you who like to hold rivalries or root for certain teams, root for the development of gaming on Chromebooks because that will make Windows and ARM that much more tenable. Uh, I have a less than fun announcement, but I figured we'd get out of the way at the top. Uh, Microsoft uh, is, you know, this is our headline, Microsoft is hit by more layoffs yet again, and this is in the AI division. Uh, again, people have been reporting on this uh, today and uh, yesterday. And, you know, some of this week, 
Uh, according to a report, employees at Microsoft have been laid off. This time, the company has reportedly laid off the ethics and society teams that are part of the artificial intelligence organization. Uh, the team's mandate is to ensure that Microsoft AI principles align with the product design. A former employee added that, quote, people who look at the principles coming out of the office, uh, responsible AI, and say, I don't know how this applies. Our job was to show them and to create rules in areas where there were none. Again, unfortunate news, but I believe there's a bit of context that needs to be applied to this. So if you hear us first, maybe you'll uh, go out with this knowledge. If you've already heard other people talk about it, maybe this will just add, again, more context to it. These are planned layoffs. We talked about Microsoft having to lay off about 10,000 employees this quarter. So they have until, I believe, the end of March, the beginning of April, in order to reach that number. They are far from it. But these were organized layoffs last quarter. So sometime before they made the announcement of ChatGPT and their emphasis on AI uh, ethics or whatnot. Uh, the other nuance in this is that Microsoft apparently, and it's based on their own press releases, have been building uh, ethics teams within every product they have. So uh, the specialized team of individuals who will soon had an office, had a responsibility, maybe 50 or so of them, uh, were not necessarily needed anymore. Uh, again, I am all, I am very empathetic in anybody who's losing a job at any, at any level, but it seems like the uh, position was becoming redundant when every division had an ethics team and they're building out more. Microsoft you know, said they're expanding this. Again, these are their words, so we'll take them at face value, but they're saying they're expanding their ethics team. Uh, so we should see more people who specialize in ethics across the board versus a specialized team. What are your thoughts? As you said, um, any layoffs right now is bad. And I have seen, you know, Microsoft is laying off more. We saw where Meta is laying off more. And, and I feel for those people, you know, I'm thankful that we get to get up and do what we do every day. And we're not in that predicament of, you know, looking something to do and to pay our bills. But like you said, when these big companies do these layoffs, folks, a lot of times when they if they lay a thousand off in one area or 500 or whatever that number is, they're hiring and readjusting in other areas. They may not be necessarily getting rid of the workforce. They may be massaging the workforce and moving it to other things. Like you said, there would, you know, quite a few ethics communities ethics communities they were they were just trimming them down a little bit that may be all this is and and the people that let go were let go maybe reabsorbed later into something else i have seen some of that come you know happening with some of these layoffs where somebody gets laid off from one division but they're reabsorbed in the same company just in a different division later so maybe there's a silver lining in there for some of these folks we're wishing them all the best. Uh, what do you got for our next headline? I'm going to stay on the Microsoft Outlook train. We know that the new Outlook for Windows will be available for more users in April. Now, this follows the fact that last week, Outlook for Mac is now free. I will throw that out there. Yes, it is absolutely free. You do not have to pay anything to use Outlook for Mac. So now we're getting some Windows enhancements. So last year in May, Microsoft debuted the new Outlook for Windows through a limited preview to users that are now part of the Office Insider program. The new entry 
has been in test has been in the testing phase for about a year in the beta channel and Microsoft is getting ready to make it available for more users in the at the end of April. According to the Microsoft 365 roadmap, more people will be able to access the new Outlook for Windows app via a toggle which will allow which will allow them to transition from the legacy version to the to the new app. So remember folks, this is usually a toggle that's in the top right hand corner if you're familiar with your Microsoft apps that'll usually say hey try something new you know try it and then you can click it off and click it back on microsoft has indicated that there have been elaborate measures put in place to enhance the support for more accounts in this version and in the next couple months they will be expanding on that the new outlook has also shipped with the loop components for those folks that are familiar with loop that will allow you to set up reminders for your emails, your meetings, your calendars. You can do multiple account support and they have yet to announce when they're going to replace the legacy app, but I would assume that would be shortly later. I think part of the reason we're doing this is loop is now set to be a thing everybody's waiting to see what loop is going to do and for loop to do what it needs to do we need outlook first yeah i'm excited for this news there uh, i've used it used it um both in conjunction with regular outlook uh, there are two features that i'm hoping that they bring to the platform that'll make me a full-time user which is uh rules uh, especially setting stuff up uh, to be assigned for junk mail or uh, to go to specific folders they haven't brought that in but once that becomes something i can do i'll be on board uh, the other thing is like you said open up to more accounts uh, they don't support gmail right now i'm assuming as soon as they make it open to the public that will be the first on the board i'm sure there are thunderbird people out there mozilla people yeah that are wanting support as well so once those two things are there i can see this being a full-time thing uh to uh your point about them uh what was i saying um uh, oh, deprecating the old one. I don't see that happening, at least not for another probably three or five years. I do see them making it the default app in whatever version of Windows 12 we get. Uh, and that from, from that point on, people, you know, just like we did with Edge and, and uh, IE, people have the option to toggle back and forth between the two uh, until at some point where they'll say, all right, maybe three, four years down the road, five years, now that you've migrated all your stuff over and we've added as many features as we can, we will no longer support that. You just don't have access to it because there's no way you can just say, hey, here's Outlook Beta. Good luck taking, you know, 15, 20 years worth of email data and, and hope, you know, migrating it over and hoping that it you know, all comes with it. So uh, I believe Outlook, you know, for those of us who still use it, Outlook.com uh, or just the Exchange version of it, we will still have access to it for a long time. But I am excited for this new version. It's the UI is nicer looking. It's brighter the way that it integrates calendar and all these other aspects and features would be great especially when you said with the loop component is well for businesses uh as speaking about businesses microsoft has natively embedded adobe acrobat into edge this has made my life that much more streamlined because i like mm -hmm. the accessibility i've made edge my default browser which by 
default makes it my uh, PDF reader as well. Uh, I do have an Adobe subscription for all the creative stuff we do for podcasts and things like that. Uh, and Adobe's always elbowing in and be like, hey, make me your default PDF reader. And I'm like, get out of here, Adobe. I like Edge for right now. Uh, but having some of these new features built into this just makes it greater. I'm glad these two are working together for this. Uh, we'll get some of the details. Microsoft announced that it's natively embedded Adobe Acrobat PDF technology in its browser. Uh, according to Microsoft, together, the two companies are updating the PDF experience and value users uh, have come to expect Microsoft Edge by powering the built-in PDF reader with the Adobe Acrobat PDF engine. Uh, so it isn't just like, hey, we're adding, you know, some UI. This is being powered by this. Uh, what you'll be able to do in the future, uh, for those of you who are going to upgrade to this or make Edge PDF reader your default, you'll be able to protect your PDFs using passwords, uh, convert your screenshots into PDFs, edit your PDFs by converting it into a Word document, convert a PDF into an audiobook, or combine your files into a single PDF all through the Edge browser. Uh, I think this is pretty cool. What about you? Yes, yes, yes. I'm all for streamlining. Streamline it, streamline it, streamline it. That's the way I work. I work inside of ecosystems. I'm usually either all in on one ecosystem or I'm all out on an, on another one. I, You know, that's just me. The more that these companies can take their suites of products, Adobe and anybody else out there, and can bake it into something that I already use, I will use your product. I'm just going to go ahead and call it out. I will use your product if you will bake it into things that I already use. And I think that's the case for everybody. I mean, people pick, people are picking ecosystems these days. People are picking Apple. People are picking, you know, the Chrome ecosystem. People are picking the Microsoft ecosystem. And it's nice to see these companies, instead of staring at the table, you know, sitting at the table and arguing over, integration they're like you said kareem they're they're deciding to work together it only benefits both parties you know adobe's going to get more subscriptions this way and you know yeah definitely are... and that was to your point uh to your point to get uh access to these uh features you will uh, you will need uh an adobe subscription uh as much as you know, i've just hailed it this isn't free so you'll get the basic um a PDF reader that's built into Edge, which has a ton of features as far as inking and, and you know printing and all those things. But if you want to do some of these newer kind of things, you will need a subscription to Adobe. So, uh, like I said, for me, it's Streamline because I already have one. But for those of you who are looking to get these, uh, you will need that. It's a big note. And I will throw it out there, folks. Adobe has some pretty good. I was um, on the Adobe website just yesterday looking at what they offer. They've got some. As of yesterday, that would be March the 16th, they had some discounts up there. They do have student discounts and they've got teacher discounts. And uh, go over there, check it out. The integration's worth it. What's your last headline for us? Well, we're going to stay with this whole integration thing. We've got video filters coming to Microsoft Teams is now available in general availability. This was debuted back in January and it is exactly what you think it is, folks. Yes, video filters in Microsoft Teams. When I first read this, I kind of went, what are we doing here? That this is kind of bringing... I'm still saying that right now. <laughs> you, you, you know, Snapchat was what, Snapchat was the first thing that came to mind. What are we doing here? 
So what we are, the company has basically, Microsoft has basically said that the new feature is now in broad availability. The feature allows you to leverage AI-powered capabilities. There you go. There's that AI thing peeking back in there again. To soften the appearance of your video feed and add backgrounds. Video filters enhance the focus. You know, they're saying you can block, you know, you can block your background distractions. And we understand that. We use um, backgrounds here for the podcast so you guys don't see all the craziness that always goes on behind us. But it's going to be built into the Teams platform and the Teams infrastructure and can be incorporated into a user's meeting experience. The, the company will be, be de- will be de- debuting the, fil- the filters and you can do custom filters. And what I'm saying is your company can install these for those that have got like Active Directory, the company can say, look, you have access to these filters and you can only apply these filters before a meeting takes place that that's that's the key you've got to apply them before the before the meeting takes place the feature will be shipping in desktop clients first edu folks your educational folks won't be able to get them yet so if you're in a college somewhere thinking well i'm going to make you know english class interesting this afternoon you're not going to be able to do that just yet so I don't know how I feel about this. What about you, Kareem? I think we're just kind of maybe making teams a little more bloated than it already is. Uh, I mean, with every new feature, everything becomes bloated at some point. Uh, I picture this being more of a branding exercise for businesses. Uh, what you'll be uh, probably allowed to have in the background, this is making it more uniform. For those of you who would like to have creative backgrounds, who like to decorate your backgrounds with I know plants or books or degrees or whatnot. I think businesses are going to start shutting that down. Saying, "Here, here's our company logo. That's your filter. That's what you're allowed to use during uh, meetings. Probably external meetings. You know, meetings with partners, meetings with uh, contractors, things like that. Because you know, that just keeps everything uniform. Uh, you know, as we've gone deeper into this ecosystem of video conferencing from home or from you know on the road or things like that." I think businesses just want to make sure that they have a uniform, concise uh, view or perception, at least by their, their clients. This is what we produce. So I, that's where I'm seeing this from. That's why I think it's you know more of an admin access thing, uh, less about people you know creating their own backgrounds or you know flubbing around with green screens or anything like that. You'll just have these things assigned to you. Uh, I'm, I'm all for it. I mean, as long as again there are options for consumers. I understand that there are mandates for businesses, but that's just the way the world works. Uh, well, to, I got our last uh, you know, Okay. Okay, go, go ahead. No, no, wrap up, and then I'll do our last step. No, what I was going to mention, you know, something we did pre-pandemic was, you know, everybody went into a meeting room, and when you walked into a, when you walked into a business to have a meeting, you know, there, there was this formal feel to it. And I think, like you mentioned, that's part of what we're trying to create here in the online world with these filters is where, you know, if you've got a six person meeting up on your screen, everybody looks uniform, everybody looks nice. You don't have one person over here with, 
you know, sunshine on the background, another person over here with a couch in the background where a company can come in and say, look, we, if we're going to do this hybrid workforce, we're doing this from home and this is what we need to look like. Agreed. So that's what, that's my general message from that. Uh, our last headline is something that is sort of a positive note, at least for Microsoft, maybe for some gamers in the future. Six out of seven companies queried approved the uh, Activision Blizzard deal according to the latest CMA document. So this isn't necessarily a Microsoft, you know, fluff piece. The UK uh, Competition and Markets Authority, the CMA, has published the responses of nine companies uh, that, are, that have been reached out regarding the Microsoft proposed ac- uh, acquisition of Activision. To be fair, of the nine companies, Microsoft and Activision were two of them. So of course they're gonna be a little bit biased. But of the other seven, six of them expressed approval of the deal and we can let you guess who the seventh one was that didn't. So is that like six out of seven dentists? I'm assuming this dentist works for Sony because they were the seventh one that didn't approve of it. <laughs> uh, in response, Sony reiterates its position that Call of Duty, quote, Call of Duty is an important input uh, for competing consoles. Sony goes on to repeat claims that Microsoft uh, would have the incentive to withhold access to Call of Duty, in which it cites Microsoft's behavior following past acquisitions. I mean, most notably, perhaps the misconception of what happened with Bethesda. They'll say, hey, as soon as they buy something, they shut it down and lock it out from everybody. Uh, again, there's more nuance. Listen to some of our previous podcasts about the Bethesda deal, but that was Microsoft basically saying, you know, the UK told us it was okay to do what we were about to do. Anyway, going on to say, Microsoft, six out of seven companies queried, uh, like I said, had the approval. Uh, two of them were rather small uh gaming companies who actually have, you know, rather relatively glowing responses as far as deals concerned. You'd think of being a small competitor, that you would have the resources or the finances to compete against Microsoft, especially if they get bigger, so you'd be a little bit more worried about this. But quote, uh, I believe it's uh, one of the respondents said, quote, we honestly found the arguments against the acquisition to be slightly exaggerated and out of proportion. We were worried that the actual real uh, competition and more innovative consumer friendly initiatives could be potentially hindering hindered by blocking this. so they are saying that you know Mike, that Sony potentially being the biggest uh, uh, person providing arguments uh, could be hindering the future progress of gaming in general uh, other persons uh, another respondent said we do not see the proposed acquisition Activision Blizzard as anything other than the natural evolution of the industry and it does not give us any cause for concern for our own future of opportunities so again, uh, these are just some compounding things that are happening this week. We also have Microsoft signing two more two more ten year deals for uh, Call of Duty with, I believe, a cloud gaming service in uh, I forget the two. There's two uh, areas. Oh, the UK, which was I believe they have four million users, and I forget what the, the most recent one is. But you know, these are adding up uh, with the idea that Microsoft may not have to change or cut Call of Duty or spin it off as its own business. Uh, it's just leading more credence to the deal, uh, you know, being favorable to Microsoft. Now, again, we still have uh, the EU to go through, and we also have, uh, you know, the FTC coming up shortly to kind of uh, counteract that. They have, I believe the FTC has asked for documents already uh, regarding some of these new deals, so maybe they will take that into consideration. But with all that being said, this is looking positive, at least as far as the UK and CMA are concerned with this deal. It's a lot more positive than it was just a month ago. I mean, you know, I'm looking at the calendar. We're at 317 and June is getting closer. So, you know, we're, we're, we're going to see this start 
pushing one way or the other and i think this is the first push to microsoft's favor of maybe getting this closed and i i do kind of agree with what you know you're saying there because the longer this goes on game companies are out there watching what's happening developers are out there watching what's happening and when they're sitting down to write this game code they're thinking about it do we want to do this do we want to get involved where do we want our products to be so i think for the betterment of gaming We've got to get past this merger so developers and partners can do their thing and can do their thing freely and know for sure what's going to happen with their title and know who's going to own what. Yes, this is all very good news, again, for Microsoft. For those of you who like Microsoft Gaming, excuse me, those of you who are excited about the future of game. With that being said, that brings us to the end of this week. Uh, it was worth of news. Thank you guys for spending time with us. Uh, you can find me at Minded one on Twitter. Where can people find you? David PAJ1978. I've seen some new followers this week, and I have interacted with a few of you. I appreciate it. Feel free. I'm happy to do so. Yeah, uh, again, go to the site. Check out any more details and nuances for any of the headlines that we read today or more information. There's still some more news that we haven't been able to cover in this week, but we like to keep it short because we know you guys have very long weekends that you want to go and enjoy with your family, friends, and other uh, individuals. So have a good weekend. We will see you next week with more headlines and mo- or more news. Take care, everybody.